0: There's a chronic disease going around amongst God's people in this day and age. Would you like to know what it is? It's a lack of joy. Sad, really, because God's will is to fill each one of us with his joy. So, would you like to know what you can do about it? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and thank you so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today we're heading into the final message in this series The Joy of the Lord is Your Strength to help get your life back on a powerful path to joy. And please do stay tuned because in just a few moments I'll be sharing something truly special with you to help you live in victory on those days when the daily grind of life just seems to be grinding away at you more than it should be. Well, last week on the program, we were chatting about the degree to which self-centeredness, which is very common, it's the zeitgeist of this century, is robbing people of the joy that God wants to give them. It is, in many respects, a natural human trait to want to put ourselves at the center of the universe, and yet when we do, we end up living joyless lives. The question is, how do you turn that round? Well, interestingly, the word repent, which sounds a little bit old and stuffy to be sure, it literally means to turn around. The self-centered person spends most of his or her time looking at all that they don't have and desiring more. They set their lives on a course of getting more, not realizing that it will cost them everything. The opposite of that is looking at all that you have and all that you can give and being thankful for those things. And that's what we're going to be chatting about today on the program. Thankfulness. Now, thankfulness is one of the simplest things to do, even, even when you think you don't have much to be thankful for. I remember a time in my life a couple of decades ago when I was really feeling that it was nothing to be thankful for. It was a dark time. It was a lonely time. And yet, it was in that place that I first met Jesus. The only way I can describe it was... It was like a small light that shone all the more brightly in my heart because of the inky blackness that I was surrounded with. Whilst I'd never wish that time on my worst enemy, I shall remain ever thankful for that time in my life because it was the beginning of a new life for me. It was hard to see back then. In fact, I couldn't see it. But I remember the joy of coming to know Jesus and spending time with him as though it were yesterday. And it remains to this day one of the sweetest, most sublime things that's ever happened to me. And as I look at all that's happened to me during the time since then, good and bad, what I see as I look back is the goodness of God in my life. And that's something that I'm so thankful for. He has blessed me with a good and wonderful wife. He's blessed me with a roof over my head. Are there downsides to my life? Are there some things that I'd like to change that if it were up to me would be different? Of course there are, absolutely. But the question really is, which of those will I focus on? What I have or what I don't have? Which one of those two would you focus on? The Apostle Paul was an amazing guy. Some people think of him as a saint, but if you were here, he'd tell you that he's no more a saint than you or I, and he would, according to God's word, be absolutely right. When he was close to the end of his journey, locked up in a dungeon on death row, he wrote these words. We looked at them a little earlier in this series, but I want to come back to them here because they speak so powerfully of the joy that thankfulness can bring into your heart. Have a listen. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4-6. to 6. He's saying there exactly what we've been talking about this last little while in the program, that we should rejoice, in other words, revisit our joy in every and all circumstance, even it would seem right there on death row. But how do we do that? Well, instead of worrying, instead of focusing on what we don't have, let's go to God with thanksgiving in our hearts and let him know our needs, not with grumbling or complaining or worrying or fear, Those hard attitudes never get you anywhere with God, but with thanksgiving, by giving thanks. Thank you, God. That's a hard attitude. And when you go to God with that attitude in your heart, the promise of God is, through this scripture, that a peace that doesn't make any amount of sense in our circumstances, a peace that surpasses all our understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Hey, that's good peace right where you need it and notice that our rejoicing is built on the foundation of thanksgiving so you want to get joy back in your life then start thanking god for what you have now i know what you're thinking that's not easy when you're on death row that's not easy when things are going tough i agree it's not And so Paul goes on in the very next breath to tell us how to do that, verses 8 and 9 of Philippians chapter 4. Here's the how of being thankful when life is tough. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, then think about those things. Keep on doing the things that you've learned from me and received from me and heard and seen in me and the God of peace will be with you. How do we get thankfulness happening in our hearts when it's hard? We think about all the good things that God has done and is doing. You know when you have something you're worrying about or you're afraid of, you kind of churn it over and over in your mind again and again and the more you do that, the more down in the dumps you become. Well, in exactly the same way, Paul is saying instead of thinking about that stuff, what you don't have and all your problems and all your losses, think about what you do have. Think about God's goodness. Turn those good things over and over and over again in your mind. And what you'll find is that you will want to start thanking God for them. And when you do that, you're doing exactly what Paul said to do. You're going to go to God with thanksgiving. And what happens when you do that is that you'll end up rejoicing in God's goodness and experiencing his joy. Is that complicated? Well, no, actually it's not. It's just a habit that you and I can get into in order to experience God's joy because we end up trusting God based on all the good things he's done before and the worry and the fear, well, they just disappear. Do you see the power of God's words here? This is really practical rubber-hits-the-road stuff. And the thing is that when we're thankful, when we have God's joy in our hearts as a result, life gets so much better. It's true, you know. The joy of the Lord really is your strength. So, if you're down in the dumps, if you're worrying or you're afraid or you think life's unfair, if you can't find anything to rejoice about, start thinking about God's goodness In your life. Start thinking words of thanksgiving to God and based on all the faithfulness he's shown you to date, believe in God. Put your trust in him again for whatever it is that you're going through today. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will really truly guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Now, think about it. What's the alternative? The alternative is continuing on down in the dumps, not trusting God, not experiencing his joy, not having his peace. Why would you want to possibly do that for Pete's sake? 19th century writer and theologian G.K. Chesterton put it this way, I would maintain that thanks are the highest form of thought and that gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder. (laughs) He's absolutely right. The simplest thing that you and I can do to lay hold of God's joy in our lives is simply to be thankful. Thankfulness is a heart attitude that sets us free from the burdens of today and releases us into the love and the faithfulness of God. Don't believe me? Just give it a spin. I'm Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. Hey, life can be hard work some days, and as that daily grind just kind of grinds away at us, it's easy to forget that Jesus died and rose again to give us victory over our sin, over our circumstances. Victory. That's why every video message that we produce here at Christianity Works is available on our YouTube channel, the Daily Fresh Devotional Videos. The weekly in-depth half-hour Christianity Works teaching messages and even some in-the-moment close-to-the-action videos that I shoot every now and then. They're all available on our YouTube channel at ChristianityWorks.tv Just subscribe to the channel and you'll be notified each time a new video is posted. It's simply amazing how powerfully the Spirit of God can move through even just a short video message. I guess we shouldn't be surprised. After all, the Word of God is alive and active. Amen? So I'd love to encourage you too to live your life in victory. Again, the web address of our YouTube channel is ChristianityWorks.tv Now let's head straight back into the Word of God because honestly, He's always up to something good in our lives. Before the break, we were chatting about the importance of thankfulness towards God in laying hold of His joy, which is, after all, our strength. Thankfulness really is a heart attitude that lifts the burdens off your shoulders and fills you with the unspeakable joy that only comes from God. But there's something more that thankfulness does it takes us to another, deeper level of gratitude. Thankfulness and gratitude are closely related, but they're not quite the same thing. Here's how the 19th century Swiss philosopher and poet Henri-Frederic Amiel puts it. Thankfulness is the beginning of gratitude. Gratitude is the completion of thankfulness. Thankfulness may consist merely of words. Gratitude is shown in actions. I love that because it's true. When we go to God with thanksgiving, it changes our hearts. It changes to the point where we end up living in deep gratitude. And that gratitude, that new perspective, causes us to think differently, to act differently, to speak differently. It's life-changing to the point where we are filled to overflowing with the joy of the Lord. You get to the point where you just can't contain it anymore. Methodist William Arthur Ward, back in the 20th century, put it like this, feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. It's good, isn't it? When we have that gratitude and joy welling up in our hearts, we need to do something with that. We need to express it. And that's where praising God comes in. There is nothing so uplifting and empowering as laying down our lives before God. And praising Him and worshipping Him. And yet, as I said, praising God is not the easiest thing to do when things aren't going well. That's why beginning with thankfulness, focusing on all the good things that God's done for us and continues to do for us, thanksgiving fills us with a joy and in rejoicing. The natural thing that we want to do next is to praise God. Well, that's a great theory lesson, Bernie, but is it possible? Is it feasible? Is it real? not unreasonable questions so to answer them let's go to the best place of all the bible god's word we're going to pick up the story of the apostle paul and his helper silas who were out there proclaiming the good news of the risen jesus remember they were doing good and then something bad something really bad happens to them acts chapter 16 beginning at verse 16 one day, as we were going to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners a great deal of money by fortune telling. While she followed Paul and us, she would cry out, These men are slaves of the Most High God who, who proclaim to you a way of salvation. She kept doing this for many days, but Paul was really annoyed. And so he turned and he said in the spirit, I order you, in the name of Jesus Christ, to come out of her. And it came out of her that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and they dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. When they brought them before the magistrates, they said, These men are disturbing our city. They're Jews. They're advocating customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to adopt or observe. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates had them stripped of their clothing and ordered them to be beaten with rods. After they'd given them a severe flogging, they threw them into prison and ordered the jailer to keep them securely. Following these instructions, he put them in the innermost cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Well, things have never quite happened for me that way, but to be sure, I've experienced similar, if not quite so drastic things. There's nothing more disheartening than than getting out there, serving God, honouring God, and then finding that you're punished or you're hurt or you're disadvantaged as a result. Our most common response is to throw our hands up in the air and look at God and say, Well, Lord, that worked well. What what were you thinking? Where where were you when I needed you? I know, you've been there too, right? But let's take a look at how Paul and Silas responded quite differently to how you or I might respond. We're going to continue on, Acts chapter 16, beginning now at verse 25. They're in prison, right? About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was an earthquake so violent that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors wide open, he drew his sword and he was about to kill himself, since he supposed that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself! for we are all here. The jailer called for lights, and Rushing in, he fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them outside and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They answered, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. At the same hour of the night he took them and washed their wounds, and then he and his entire family were baptized without delay. He brought them up into the house and set food before them and he and his entire household rejoiced that he had become a believer in God. Paul and Silas, crazy guys that they were, responded to their beating and imprisonment by by doing what? By grumbling? By complaining? By shaking their fists angrily at God? By swearing at God? No! They responded by praising God. They'd been beaten, they were sore, they had wounds. And they sat there in their chains in the dungeon and they prayed and they sang hymns so loud that everyone could hear them. And then it happened. The power of God was unleashed in that place. The prisoners were set free. The guard and all his family came to know Jesus. And just quietly, the other prisoners were no doubt impacted by this amazing turn of events. If only we understood the power, the incredible power of God that's unleashed in our lives when we choose to praise him in our affliction. Let me say it again. If only we understood the power, the incredible power of God that's unleashed in our lives when we choose to praise him in our affliction. That's why the Bible commands us to rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say rejoice. That's why the Bible commands us, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20, to give thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible commands us, Psalm 150 verses 1 to 6, to praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with triumphant sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals, praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everyone that breathes praise the Lord. Because you and I, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. God isn't interested in making us happy for a short time. God wants to fill us with his abiding joy forever, every moment of every day, especially when we're in chains, especially when we've been beaten, especially when we feel like caged animals, it's in that place that your God wants you to experience his joy. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. And it's his strength that makes you not just a conqueror of your circumstances, but more than a conqueror. And if that doesn't make you want to shout hallelujah, I I just don't know what does. I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. With all that we have going on in our lives, man, it's easy just to kind of drift out of our relationship with God. You know, you, you get so preoccupied with everything else, and one day you wake up and realize that your relationship with God ain't what it used to be. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of my special edition book, How to Get Close to God. I'm believing that as we open God's Word together and get back to basics, the Holy Spirit will speak through His Word to show us that God is much closer than perhaps we thought. Because God's Word is alive and active. Amen? So I'm praying that God will draw you ever closer to Himself through this book. You can request your free copy at ChristianityWorks.com. You'll see that free offer right there towards the top of the homepage. Click on it, pop in your name and email, and that ebook will be on its way to your inbox in just seconds. That web address again is ChristianityWorks.com. Now let's head back into God's Word. Now as our time together in this series draws to an end, I just want to finish with one important thing. I know there are still some people out there, perhaps you're one of them, struggling to believe that God would actually fill you with his joy. Have a listen to what Jesus said, John chapter 16, verses 23 and 24. Very truly I tell you, if you ask anything of the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. Until now, you haven't asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive, so that your joy may be complete. In other words... Jesus wants to make your joy complete. Just stop and think about that for a minute. And what he's saying here to his disciples who are about to go through great fear and great suffering is just ask me and I'll give it to you. One of the things I've discovered is that when we take God at his word, when we take Jesus at his word, he actually honours that. Psalm 118 verse 24 says that this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It's not such a bad piece of advice now, is it? God made this day for you. None of us any surprise to him. He, He knows exactly what he's doing. He's in your past and in your present and in your future. They're all connected. He can and will make a difference for you right now by bringing his joy into your life. So just ask him. And when your heart's overflowing with joy, at the same time as your eyes may be overflowing with tears, there's nothing sweeter than that. Because it's in that place that you discover, in your own experience, the grace and the faithfulness and the love of God. So let me give you this word, God's word for you today. Colossians chapter 1 verse 11. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power. May you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. Because when you're filled with God's joy, it, it transforms your life. You may have heard me say this before, but it's so important. I'm going to say it again. The biggest, the biggest revelation that I had when coming to Christ is the buzz of, of serving God, the buzz of being his servant. And that's something I don't do because I'm a good guy. It's something I've become addicted to through the joy of the Lord in my heart. The incredible satisfaction and contentment of using the gifts and abilities that God's given you to bless other people and to serve Him and to enjoy your life is something you can get so easily addicted to. I I stupidly spent the first 36 years of my life trying to live with me at the centre of the universe. And, And as hard as I tried, it didn't work. I was tough and brave on the outside, but on the inside... I was a quivering mass of insecurity, always wondering what people were thinking, what people were saying behind my back, and never really impacting anyone's life for good. Needless to say, there was no joy in my life. Then, by God's grace, He got a hold of my life and started to show me a different way. It wasn't easy at first, and still, some days, (laughs) it's not easy. But the more I walk along the dusty road of life with Jesus, and the more he shows me the opportunities set before me to use my gifts in the lives of other people, which is what it means to be a servant, the more I'm enjoying my life. And that's exactly the way it's meant to be for all of us, including you. So when we come to the same conclusion about Jesus and our lives that John Baptist came to, then all of a sudden God's joy abides in us more and more. What did John the Baptist say when his disciples came to him, worried that Jesus' ministry was becoming more prominent than his own? John chapter 3, verse 30. He must increase, but I must decrease. What a great way of looking at life. What a, what a great path to the joy that Jesus has, ready and waiting for you. Be filled with the joy of the Lord, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. works is to see your life powerfully transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus in a rich dynamic relationship with him so if you'd like to go even deeper then let me encourage you to stop by and explore christianityworks.com where you'll find a wealth of messages on all sorts of different subjects straight out of God's word and conveniently arranged so that you can find exactly what you need for today. There's so much there for you. Your free subscription to our daily Fresh devotional, so you can receive a powerful scripture and some words of inspiration, hope, and encouragement each day by subscribing to Fresh. And remember, we would love to pray for you. Just click on the powerful prayer icon towards the bottom of the homepage. Everything at ChristianityWorks.com is free including that e-booklet I mentioned earlier. It's only available for a limited time, so don't miss out. With all my heart, I know that Jesus wants to have a powerful impact on your life to help you be all he made you to be. So go on, head across to ChristianityWorks.com and be blessed. I'm Bernie Diamond, and I'll catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace, and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ.